0: Recorded live. Right and true, and with Thanksgiving, I'll be alive. Thank you.
1: And with thanksgiving,
0: I'll be a living sanctuary
1: for
2: Thank you, Reverend Millicent, for lifting us up in song. The scripture for today is taken from the book of Philippians, chapter 3, verse 13. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Heavenly Father, we come together to worship you, praise you, glorify you, and place you at the center of our lives. We offer you all that we are and all that we have, while thanking you for all that we are and all that we have, because we came from you. Help us to see that your son Jesus paid the price for our sins. No matter how many times the enemy reminds us, through their mind-control technology, you have forgiven us and set us free from our past mistakes and sins. You make us new again every time we confess our sins to you and repent of them. Help us to accept your forgiveness, Father, to enable us to move beyond our past mistakes and traumas and live in the present, present with you, with your love. Father God, Help us to not allow the enemy to condemn us repeatedly for that which you have already forgiven us. Help us to know that we are worthy of your love because you have forgiven us. Help us to turn off the negativity of the enemy who wants to believe wants us to believe we are not good enough. Strengthen our faith and trust in you, almighty Father God. Help us to realize the importance of knowing that our salvation depends on accepting your forgiveness of our sins. Regardless of what the enemy steals from our past, it's over and done. You have forgiven us. Help us to leave all doubts behind and believe totally and completely in you. Amen. 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 Now
1: we'll have another song. You want me to do this one? Is yes. Right? Right. Okay.
3: Holiness. Holiness. Is what I long for. Holiness. Is what I need. Holiness. Holiness is what you want from me. Righteousness, righteousness is what I long for. Righteousness is what I need. Righteousness, righteousness is what you want from me. So take my heart. And mold it Take my mind Transform it Take my will Conform it To yours To yours O oh Lord Take my heart And mold it Take my mind Transform it, take my will, conform it to yours, to yours, oh, Lord. Brokenness, brokenness is what I long for. Brokenness is what I need. Brokenness. It's what you want from me. Righteousness, righteousness is what I long for. Righteousness is what I need. Righteousness, righteousness is what you want from me. So take my heart. And mold it. Take my mind Transform it Take my will Conform it To yours, to yours Oh Lord To yours, to yours
2: Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Beautiful. Hallelujah! Thank you. Hallelujah! Thank you, Sister Juanita, for that beautiful song. Thank
3: you. Now we'll have the altar prayer by Sister Juanita. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We know that you want holiness from us, and Lord, we want to give you holiness with all of our hearts, with all of our minds, with all of our souls. We know that you want righteousness from us, Father God, and we ask that you transform us in the righteousness of Christ. We know that we must come to you humble with a broken and contrite heart, and you said that you would not despise that. So, Father God, we humble ourselves under your mighty hand, and we thank you for for shaping us. We allow you, Father God, because we know that you are the potter and we are the clay, so we allow you to transform us. We allow you to change us. We allow you to make us over in the perfection of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Father God, we just thank you right now. We thank you that that you have transforming power that can transform our lives and our situations, our conditions, and our issues. And, Father God, we come to the altar right now, and we put those things on the altar, and we're asking you right now to consecrate us, each one of us, Father God, who is here before you gather in your name. We're asking you to take our situation situations right now, to take our conditions right now, to take our issues right now, Father God, transform them for your glory. Shape us, make us, Father God, so that we will be a living testimony of who you are, your greatness, your awesomeness, your mightiness, Father God. We thank you. We thank you for the healing power. Lord, as we stand in proxy, For Sister Gloria and all others who have made their prayer requests known to to us and to you, Father God. We thank you, Father God, for your healing power, your healing virtue being sent through the power of the Holy Ghost to go to that hospital bed and heal her transform her. Father God, strengthen her. Get her up, Father God, and 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 command her body to, to operate as it should. Command her body to operate in the perfection of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And Father God, we thank you for the healing power of those who need healing on this line, who need transforming on this line. Father God, whether they need healing in their soul state, in their mind state, in their heart state, in their emotional state, in their physical state. Father God, we know that all power is in your hands, and we give you the glory for your transforming power. We release it right now to you in the name of Jesus, and we ask you to take it. We ask you, we cast these yokes on you. We cast these burdens on you. And we learn of you and take on your way because you said that your yoke is easy and your burden is light, Father God. Lord, we ask that you anoint this service, an, uh, anoint the word, Father God, anoint the messenger. Father God, as she brings the word under the 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 yoke of the power of the Holy Ghost and under the anointing flow and under Jesus Christ, the blood, Father God, anoint the message to penetrate in us, Father God, that we may take it and sow it, Father God, that it will produce a harvest, some 30, 60, and 100 fold, Father God, we made that declaration today we thank you Father God that we will not only be hearers of the word but we will be doers of the word so that you can do the transforming in our life in Jesus name in Jesus name amen amen and amen
2: hallelujah 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 thank you Juanita. now we'll have another song
3: To break every chain, 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 break every chain. There's an army rising up, there's an army rising up. There's an army rising up to break every chain, break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. chain. Break every chain, break every chain. I just want us, as I say in this last verse, those of you who can, lift your hands and receive from heaven today. Lift your hands and receive from it. We have to do an act. We have to do our part on earth to receive. And if we lift our hands as an act of receiving, Every yoke being broken, every chain being broken, I know that we will start to see the manifestations of God being true to His Word. Let us receive. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power. In the name of Jesus, you can sing that too. There is power in the name of Jesus to break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. Break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
1: Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah.
2: Thank you. Thank you, Lord. And thank you, sis. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Now it's time for our sermon to be delivered by Reverend and Pastor Millicent Black.
1: Thank you,
4: Elder Carolyn. Minister, thank you, one, thank you so much for wonderful, wonderful praise leading us into the presence of the Lord. I appreciate you so much. I, I just, everybody, I appreciate you all because we are pulling together as a, as a, as a family uh, with stepping in, nobody seems to feel uh, influenced upon. I so appreciate you saying yes when I ask you to share in the service. I really, really, really do thank each of you for what you do. I give thanks and praise to God, my Father, for each of you that are with us today. I also welcome you, those of you who are here for the first time. I thank you for your presence on this another Saturday. In the Word of God is called Our Sabbath. I'm always proud to acknowledge the ministry team and all who participate in this service each week, like Elder Carolyn and, and Minister Juanita this today and, and um and Minister Barb who does our Bible studies and and uh G Gloria who is so important. You all missing those newsletters? I am I'm missing those newsletters, but I've got enough sense to stay in my lane. <laughs> That's not my forte. But I, I appreciate I appreciate each of you. I appreciate uh our Minister Bob and, and Nola and uh, Elka when she has shared with us and, and uh Helen over in Washington State and we're gonna be trying to grab uh sister Lonnie from help from Washington State to join in and help us and, and sister Cassandra who Work at uh Lord magnificently, you all pray for her because her computer's under attack. She's carrying out an important function of helping us to get our our uh, services recorded and and also helping to to monitor and and maintain uh uh the reverence of the service and so you all pray for her uh, as she walks through this place with that uh computer being messed with. I thank each of you for the part you play in what God is doing in this hour. We may not know until heaven what this really meant to some people, but I tell you what, it's worth the investment. Whenever it comes time to do something for someone else in the name of Jesus and for God the Father, I see it as an investment. So, yes, I can invest that time. Yes, I can invest that effort. I can invest. That that, that money, whatever it is that is needed to carry on the work of the ministry in the earth, it's worth the investment. Now, to God be the glory for all who participate and is coming to our service each week. It's important that I say for those who may be first-time listeners, first-time visitors, that we live all across the United States. From California to Maryland and Washington, D.C., from St. Louis, or Missouri to Ohio, Pennsylvania, Kentucky, Washington State, Florida and Tennessee, and even up into Canada. And I do see that there are some, some others that have come in today That um, whose states I, I have not mentioned, um, but I'm so glad that you're with us, and I pray that something is said or done today that will Make your way lighter. Make your burden easier to bear. So we'll turn to the Word. In First John chapter 3, verses 1 through 5, this message has been several weeks in the making, and I still believe God has some things to say, but I, I believe it's a, a ready message for us me right now. And, and it reads, Behold, What manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us, it did not know him. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself
1: just as he is pure. Let us pray. Father God
4: in heaven, God, we come to you today, Lord, as a a part of your family, oh God. We come gathering around the dinner table, and we are asking you, oh God, to feed us. We, oh God, come just like the little eagles, eaglelets, who's in the, in the nest, and they're waiting for the, for the Father to come feed them. God, it was such a wonder to me when I found out that it's the father, that eagle, that goes out and brings the food back to the to the little eaglet, And so, Lord God, we look up to you. We ask you, O oh God, in the name of Jesus, that you would prepare our hearts to receive the seed of the word. Help us, Holy Spirit, to not miss the message. Lord God, make it an individual one. As we are reminded of what love you have for us, that you would call us your children, your very own little one. Thank you, Father God, that you are our father. Thank you that we are your children. Thank you, O God, that we have a family all around the world. And we can know your love
1: in Jesus' name. Amen.
4: The subject of the message today, you can't take my place in the family. You cannot take my place in the family. Have you ever heard of a fight between siblings in a family, particularly when there is rivalry for the attention of the mother or the dad by the children? Have you heard of fights of who's going to sit in the front seat of the car with mom or dad? Maybe you've experienced some of those. I was told by a professor who had actually been a civil rights attorney during the time of Thurgood Marshall that his mother managed to make each of them feel special. He told me that she would slip each one of them a piece of money and tell them, now don't you tell your brother and sister. This woman had 14 children, and she did this for each one of them. My friend told me that each one was so special, and no one knew that they were not the only one that was special to their mother until after her death. I think you said they were sitting around talking about that money that mama used to slip to them, and that's how it came out, that they were all getting, pe- getting slipped a little piece of money. But she managed to make each one of them feel like they were the her favorite ones in, in the family. And it's the same for some fathers. And if not for a bunch of children, surely there's one or two daughters
1: who are or or who feel that they are the father's favorites. And yet
4: God can treat us just like that man's mother treated them. He can slip each one of us a little bit of grace and each one of us a little bit of mercy. He can make sure that each one of us receive a blessing just at the point of need and make us feel like he loves us more than the other. And yet he loves us all the same. In the text today, the scripture does not leave room for any of us to play favorites with the Father. It begins by telling us, behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that He should be, that we should be called children of God. What manner of love? The word manner means, in this particular setting, a person's outward bearing, or way of behaving toward others? What attitude or conduct does the Father God have toward us that God would call us children, not of the earthly parent, but of him? You know how easy it would be that he would assign us parents and send us through the normal channels of entry into the earth and put us in a family and say, now, they're taken care of But that's not what he does for us. God sends us to an earthly family, and he keeps on looking after us. He keeps on making ways. He keeps on providing. He keeps on giving us favor. That's above and beyond. And yet it's the manner of love that the Father has for us. So how does the Father act towards us? we that are here? The scripture tells us that he knows the number of hairs that are on each of our heads. I don't know how many hairs are on my head, and I've never tried to count anyone else's. Psalms 139 tells us that we are wonderfully and fearfully made. And yet no one could have done even that but a God that calls us his children. Genesis 127 tells us that God created us in his own image. He gave us what we needed by creating a garden and setting us in that place to have food and be protected. In Exodus three seven, God told Moses that he had seen the oppression of his people and had heard their crying, God himself had come down to deliver them from the oppression of Egyptian slavery. And then a little a little later God told Moses Then you shall say to Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord, Israel is my son, my firstborn. Notice that God called the whole of Israel, all 12 tribes, his firstborn son. God didn't say you and you and you and you. No, God said Israel, all 12 tribes are mine. And I treat them as one. So I said to you, as the, as the scripture continues, let my son go that he may serve me. <clears throat> Excuse me. But you have refused to let him go. Behold, I will kill your son, your firstborn. Now, this is taking place after God sent Moses to tell Pharaoh to let my people go. And after God said to Moses, I'm going to harden his heart so I can display my power before him. After God had said, had, had had made 10 attempts to get Pharaoh's attention, then God gave the ultimate. Pharaoh didn't want to let his son go, and God says, and I'm not going to let your son live. That's the manner of love that the Father has for us. But he would call us his children. Have you heard that those who mess with you is messing with the apple of God's eye? Zechariah told of how God sent Israel word, and God said to them, after a period of glory, the Lord of heaven's armies sent me against the nations who plundered you. For he said, anyone who harms you harms my most precious possession. The apple of my eye means an expression that signifies the pupil of the eye. One of the most sensitive parts of the body, for example, one can tolerate an eyelash on the white of his eye, but it but let it barely touch the pupil, and everything else is of secondary importance. Do you remember how bad it hurt when you got something in your eye? Did you ever have a wild hair? Or a piece of dust flying in your your eye? Do you realize that you can't open your eye anymore until that object comes out? As small as a piece of hair is, it causes great distress until it's removed. That's how God feels when someone attacks you, oppresses you, assaults you, and whenever someone causes you distress. God takes it personally. So personal that God says, it's like putting your finger in my eye. When God takes it personal, God is the one who can call heaven and earth to your defense. He can call the angels, the wind and the waves, the eagle or the birds can be called on combat duty. God then went through with Pharaoh a grand display of events to show Pharaoh that God meant business and to show the children of Israel that God could handle Pharaoh and anyone else that attacked them. God got Pharaoh's attention but not his compliance, so God destroyed Israel's enemy. As I worked on this message, the purpose said to me, they don't want to hear this. He was talking about you all. But I have to remind you that Israel was in Egypt. 400 years, just like God pre- pre- uh, predicted to Abraham. Abraham was the patriot of his family, and yet God was telling him these horrible things that were going to happen to his family, to his children, his grandchildren, to his seed. Why 400 years and not 40? We don't know, nor do we understand the ways of God. That's what I want us to be assured. of. But what we do know, is that God is God. Pharaoh found out that God is God. Pharaoh found out God didn't play with him about his children. And God's children really did not see them anymore. Those Egyptians that that followed them to the Red Sea, they didn't see them anymore after that. And so when we deal with our struggles, when we deal with our pharaohs and and our Goliaths, and when we deal with our issues and our troubles and and our problems, you have to be assured, even in the midst of the pain and the suffering, is one day we will see this enemy no more again forever. There is a Red Sea for every pharaoh and his army. There's a rock for every Goliath. We have to be assured of this. We don't know when God will, but we know God will change things in his time. What manner of love does God have for you and me that God would call us his children? What significance is it to you that God would call you his child? What importance is it to humanity? to your enemies even, to the devil, that God would call you his child. There are so many biblical characters that we could call to witness on this matter. Job, God asked Satan, have you considered my servant Job? Job was also God's child, and all of God's children, Job's children were God's grandchildren, so to speak. However, God allowed Job to be tested. His faith was tested and so was the faith of his wife and his friends. What manner of love, what matter of love, what matter of love is it that God would consider you to have around in the ring with the devil? What matter of consideration does God have for your character, for your strength? for your spiritual maturity, that God would call you to stand tall and stand strong and believe that you will see victory over your enemies because your Redeemer lives. Because that was the conclusion Job came to. Now let's quickly look at who God calls us as the children of. Let's quickly look at who calls us children of God. The first person is father God himself. In Second Corinthians six eighteen, he says, I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the almighty God. So do you realize that right or wrong, when acting with intelligence or without, God still owns you? God looks for you and listens for your call. God does not get mad at you when you don't call home in prayer. He doesn't get mad when you forget to thank him for your food or for your blessing or when you choose to spend time with someone or someone other than him. He still says, just like those of us who have children, that's my child. Then the son, Jesus himself, says he is not ashamed to call us his brethren. Jesus never showed any jealousy towards us, even though he was chosen to give his life for us. It was our sins that caused Jesus to need to come to earth, subdue death and the grave for us, and then offer us a way to the Father. It was Jesus who showed us the ways of the Father and encouraged us that we could do the same thing as he did, because he came that we might get to know the Father better. It was Jesus' blood shed on a hill called Calvary that allows us to be cleansed from our sins through forgiveness. And then the Spirit, the Holy Spirit himself, reminds us that we are children of God. For the Scripture says the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Not only does the Spirit testify to us that we are God's children, but he helps us make our temple God's home. The Spirit brings the love of God into our hearts so that we can identify with the love of God, and he encourages us to call God Abba, meaning Father. I always look for a message that will point us to Jesus' sacrifice for us on the first Saturday in order that we might be led to remember the love that God showed for us, God's children, through that great offering of Jesus, who became our Christ. Jeremiah 4.22 says, For my people are foolish. They know me not. They are stupid children and have no understanding. They are shrewd to do evil, but to do good, they do not know. Is it any wonder that that the scripture says that the world doesn't know that we're God's children because they don't know God? And sometimes the world may not know that we're God's children because we don't act like God. God found it out to the, through, through uh, his own interaction with his children, and he said that to Jeremiah. But to express this foolishness in a tangible way, we hear of the plight of Hosea and Gomer in spite of all the love that was shown to her, she still chose to live the life of a harlot. Don't we go after other attractions instead of looking to God? And sometimes we say, but I have done everything God has asked me to do. I have prayed and fasted and given my tithes and offerings. I've loved my neighbor and helped those in need, and I stand in need myself. Where is their help for me? Now, that's not a bad question to ask. It's not a sin to wonder what you have to do to get God to move on your behalf. You know what? At at some point, we may have each asked that question. Just know that God sees your condition. He knows who the problem is, and he knows how to fix the problem. Now, Ezekiel wrote, but the children rebelled against me. They did not walk in my statutes, nor were they careful to observe my ordinances, by which if a man observes them, he will live. They profaned my sabbath. So I resolved to pour out my wrath on them to accomplish my anger against them in the wilderness. This is God telling Ezekiel why he chose to treat the children of Israel the way he did sometimes. Sometimes we, the children of God, get punished by our own folly. Sometimes it's not my mother nor my father, not my sister nor my brother, but it's me, oh Lord. But God still calls me child. He still calls us his children. Jesus still calls us daughters and sons, just like he did the woman with the issue of blood. What manner of love? does the Father have for us, that he would call us the children of God. And yet the scripture says, but sometimes it's because we sin that the difficulty come upon us. Sometimes it's because we just love God that we become the object of persecution and mistreatment. Sometimes it's because we won't stop serving God, we won't stop praying and praising God. y'all remember hearing the story of of uh um shouting John. They put him out of the church because he just would not conform to act like the sophisticated one in the congregation, and yet those are ways that we prove that we are god's children. And Importantly, the word says they'll know that, that we're Christians
1: by our love. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it
4: has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Last Saturday, we talked about Jacob and his encounter with the angel and at the end of it he said he had seen God we may not see him face to face but I can look at you and I can behold the God in you I can look at my brother and my sister not biological but but by the blood of Jesus and I can behold the God of uh, the God in you And the word says I should also be able to identify my sister and my brother by their love. Jesus told the story about a banqueting table, and I've shared this before, and he talked about the banqueting table and how the father prepared a big banquet and he invited all of his favorite people to it, all of those who were ecstatic and standing in the neighborhood, and they all had excuses why they couldn't come to the table to have a meal with the father. And that could have been us. Have you ever made dinner your special, your favorite meal for your for your child? And they say, mm, not today, or we've got other plans. And that's what happened to the father. And the father got angry, and he said to the servant, i tell you what, Go out into the highways and byways, and you just compel anybody that'll come. Make sure you go down into the ditches and, 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 and those almost those street corners where they have, they're holding those signs up, asking for, for saying I work for food. Go over there on the road and get some of those prostitutes and invite them to my table, and I'll feed them. Because even when we're willing to give up our place at the Father's table, the Father still loves the children enough that he wants to feed anybody that's hungry enough to come to him. And so we go to the father. And not only do we go to the father, but we go looking for those who need to know the father. Have you ever taken anybody home for dinner? Have you ever gotten someone, especially his children, you don't know, have all the kids in the neighborhood, they know the best house to come for a meal. Have you ever taken any of your friends home for dinner? Your mom and your dad made made a room for them, made a place for them. Let them sit right between you and the rest of the children. That's what God wants for us to do with our sisters and our brothers. Those who don't look like us and they don't smell like us and they may not think like we do. And believe it or not, people look at us and say, well, that's us. But I'm going to tell you what. I'm still determined that they'll know me by my love. And so we can invite others home because the father is going to accept them at the dinner table. He's going to say, come on in, we'll make you one of the children. And then I thought about about the, the deadbeat dads, you know, the ones that make the babies that don't take care of them, or the ones who have the family and all of a sudden they decide that another family is really better than the one they have, or those who just walk off and say, well, I just don't want this responsibility. But I bet you if we ask Jesus who God was, Jesus would tell us that God was the best dad in the world. He'll he'll tell us that he was graduated from heaven to earth when God knew he'd grown up enough to be able to come down here and take the devil on for all of us. Then Jesus will say, "My, my father came to my baptism. When I went to the Jordan, was John. He sent a dove to tell me that I'd done the right thing. And he said, This is my beloved son. At the wedding when when my mother told me to make wine for the for the for the visitors, my father showed up. They brought water, but my father turned it into wine. When I went into the wilderness with the devil, guess who came with me? My father He wouldn't send me out there alone. He made sure I had all the help I needed to stand up toe-to-toe against that devil because my sisters and my brothers were not strong enough. So Jesus became our rock in the slingshot when it came to the devil. Then my father gave me the power to feed the hungry. When it was the storm that came against us, he showed me how to tell that storm to be still. He showed me how to raise the dead, and it was simply by calling him by name. Then Jesus will tell us that he went to the garden, and in the garden he was all by himself because he had a decision to make, and the decision was whether or not I can obey God, my father. I'm down here now because this is why he sent me, and it's time to give in to this thing and I'm run out of time, so I've got to go to this Calvary, and I don't really want to. But Jesus got to the place of sin. Nevertheless, Father, not my will but thine be done. And even there, the word says that God sent the angels to strengthen Jesus in his decision. After the angels, the crowd came. God didn't leave Jesus alone. He didn't leave him alone when he went through the court and he met the king and, and 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 all of the naysayers and the gaysayers. He didn't leave Jesus when he was on the cross until it was time for Jesus to take upon himself all of the sins of the world. And only for a moment did the father turn his back on his son. But then I'm going to tell you what happened. The son died. He came off the cross, he went in the tomb, and Jesus got but God got busy. The father says, my son is down there, and he thinks I've left him all alone. I've got to go show him that the same power that brought Lazarus out of the grave, that raised the widow named son, I've got that, and he's getting up. And you know what, before even the cross and the grave, he said, I already told the disciples that in three days I'm coming again. So Jesus conquered the grave and and death for us. Behold, can't you see? Take a closer look at what manner of love the Father has for us, that he would call us his children. He wouldn't leave us in our sin. He wouldn't leave us away from the table, and he will never leave us. Nor will he forsake us. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Thank you. so, you've heard, you've heard about the love of the Father. You have probably experienced in your own life some of the ways in which God the Father has shown Himself to be a good Daddy to you. And if you're out there and you've never experienced God the Father as father, you've never known his provision, you've never felt his love, we are inviting you today to come and go home with us to dinner because my father has made a table. And on the table are the things that you need to make it through this life. And you know what he said to tell you he'll accept you at the table as one of the children. If that's you, then I invite you to pray after me. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I come thanking you for the opportunity to call you Father. And I thank you that I'm your child. I receive Jesus as the substitute for my sin. I ask you to forgive me for my sin and train me in the way that I should go to become a mature Christian worker in the vineyard that others might know you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And if you have prayed that prayer with me, we invite you to contact us at refugefromstorm at AOL dot com. Just simply tell us that you've prayed the prayer to become a child of God and would like for us to contact you and explain to you more of the decision that you've made to pray with you about any concerns. Sister Kellen does it so much better than me because she reminds you that there are ways to begin to get to know God as Father and Jesus as Savior and Lord, and that's through prayer, through devotion. And there are wonderful devotions online. You could... Type in daily devotion and you'll come up with a a whole menu from which to choose. By listening to gospel music or hymns, all of these are ways that will draw you into his presence and cause him to know that you are seeking his faith. And we believe that you will grow. It's also important that you connect with a healthy church. We At refuge from the storm endeavor to provide a spiritual community for you to be able to come to. We also encourage you to try and unite with a physical church where you will have people that you can see on a weekly basis and can join into a corporate service where there is a corporate anointing and where there are physical people that you can ask ask questions and ask for help. But while you're making the decision on where you should go and God is The one who will lead you there. We invite you to stay with us at refuge from the storm. But we really want to be your family. And we pray that that you will know that we're Christian by our love. Thank you, Minister
2: Carolyn. Thank you, Reverend Pastor Millicent. Now we'll have another we'll have a hymn. Before before communion,
1: to be like Jesus,
0: to be like Jesus. be
2: Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Milson. Now let us commemorate the Lord's Supper with Holy Communion. The Lord Jesus, on the night of his arrest, took bread, and after giving thanks to God, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Now you may eat the bread or cracker that you
1: have. In the same
2: way, Jesus took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant sealed in my blood, shed for you. For the forgiveness of sins, now you may drink the wine, juice, or water you have. Whenever you drink it, do this in remembrance of me. Every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the saving death of the risen Lord until he comes. Gracious God, may we who have received this sacrament live in the unity of your Holy Spirit that we may show forth your gifts to all the world. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.
1: Amen. Pastor Millicent will say the benediction. Thank you. Thank you very much. Carolyn, I pray that
4: you all have received something this afternoon that will give you some strength and some courage for tomorrow. I pray that every time the adversary comes to tell you God doesn't care, God doesn't love you, God's not going to ever do anything, things are never going to change, you'll just remind yourself, behold what manner of love the Father has for us, that he would call us the children of God. What manner of love did God have for the children of Israel, all 12 tribes? What manner of love did God have for Jeremiah, Ezekiel, or Elijah? What manner of love did God have for Jesus, for Peter, James, and John, that he would call them children of God? The same love God had for them, God has for us. God has the love of a father in his heart for us children. Thank you all again for your presence. Thank you, Elder Carolyn and Minister Juanita, for your participation. Again, I can't tell you how valuable you are to to the church and to the service. It's a pleasure to join with you all in the service of our God. That others might come to understand there's a place at the table waiting just for them because God chooses to call us his son and his daughter now there is there there are a few announcements that I need to make um, next wednesday night's
1: bible study um, and that's going to be led um
4: Well, I guess it will be led by me. Next Saturday morning, I can't encourage you enough. Jesus often went aside to pray. Saturday morning, Eastern Time, we have our uh, prayer ministry. We encourage you to come. Join us. We will be praying together about concerns of yours and, and mine. We'll be going to the Father in praise and worship and adoration. Come and and join us. And then next Saturday again, we'll be back in this place. We are working on a retreat. Um, Right now the location is, is, is in the Ohio area. Be looking out for more information about that. We'd love to have you with us and love for you to bring others with you who just need to be away for a time of refreshing, a time of renewing, and a time that God would use to restore us. So I'll I'll just ask you to be on the lookout for more information. Don't forget to pray for Gloria. We are so uh, uh, missing her, but we also want her to have that total and complete healing that only God can give. So do stand in the gap on her behalf. After the benediction, we will be on on the call for those who need personal ministry. We'll be happy to pray with you and stand in, in agreement with you for your needs to be met. Now we'll have our benediction. Father, we thank you for this day, God. We thank you for your determination that we would know that you love us. We ask you, Father God, in the name of Jesus, to continue to to pour your love into our hearts, God. Continue, oh God, I pray in the name of Jesus, to help us to be mindful of the fact that you are watching over us in spite of what we go through. And then, God, I pray for those who just seem like it's such a hard time for them right now. They feel like that you've left them. They feel like that things are never going to go right again. I ask you, oh God, that you would make ways for them, God. Open doors. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would grant them favor. Send them to the right people, God, at the right time in the right places. Help them, oh, God, to be reminded that it's you that is taking care of them and not they themselves. Now may the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, and the sweet communion, the love of God, the fellowship, and the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit be with us. Now and forever, amen, amen, uh, sister Cassandra, can you in the call right now see I'm in the recording, in the recording.